0: You're listening to Deep North News, the weekly news podcast of Iceland Review, Iceland's longest-running English-language magazine. I'm Andy-Sofia Fontaine, and these are the week's top stories in Iceland. First up, the capital area was hit with the one-two punch of a widespread power outage and extremely poor weather on the afternoon of January 25th, leading to multiple traffic accidents within a short period of time. Throughout the day that day, snowfall was heavy alongside high winds, These conditions are challenging enough, let alone in the late afternoon in January when the sun has already set. However, a power outage soon followed, knocking out the electricity in much of Reykjavik, including the traffic lights. As a result, dozens of traffic accidents were reported across the city. No serious injuries were reported, and power was restored by the evening, just as the storm was clearing. The storm also temporarily halted plans for residents of Grindavík to be able to visit their homes to pick up more belongings, but they were able to do so on January 29th, and again on February 1st. Residents were advised not to adjust their home's heatings or use their toilets, both of which are connected to the town's fragile plumbing system, and also not to tarry while gathering what belongings they could manage. While the government has not as yet finalized plans for Grindavik's 3,600 residents, who were displaced by volcanic eruptions and seismic activity in mid-January, Finance Minister Thordis Kobrun Grekvirt-Gilvedote told reporters that she will soon be submitting a bill to Parliament that would establish a National Disaster Fund. This fund would be used to address sudden catastrophes, such as what happened to Grindavik, with funding to come from Landsvirkjun, the national power company. This company, which is owned by the state, reported record profits in 2022, making it a strong candidate for reinforcing the fund. The finance minister added, however, that this national disaster fund would not be established until the Treasury had made up for losses incurred earlier in the COVID-19 pandemic. Hundreds of demonstrators marched last Sunday from Haugrimskirke church in Reykjavik to Östervötl, the square in front of Parliament, once again reiterating their demands that Iceland's government take action in support of Palestine. Guests at this event included esteemed author Idli Jokosun, as well as Palestinian pop singer Bashar Murad, who sang the pan-Arabic classic, Motini. Bashar Murad is also going to be participating in Sungvikepnin, Iceland's pre-Eurovision song contest, this spring. However, Minister of Foreign Affairs Bjarni Benediktsson announced that Iceland would be suspending payments to the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees, or UNRWA an NGO that conducts relief work for refugees in Palestine and farther afield in the region. They are also the only aid Israel is permitting in the Gaza Strip. The decision was taken in the wake of allegations from Israel that some UNRWA staff members were involved in some way in the October 7th attacks on the country. UNRWA has already fired these now former staff members and is conducting a full investigation, but several countries, including Iceland, have suspended payments to the aid group. Opposition MPs criticized the foreign minister for the decision for a number of reasons. Many MPs have already said this decision should have first been discussed with other members of parliament, and still others pointed out that Norway has elected to continue payments to UNRWA. In addition, Social Democratic Alliance MP Loy Enoson pointed out that 30,000 people work for UNRWA, including 13,000 in Gaza alone, while those now former staff members are 12 in number. The foreign minister, for his part, indicated that payments to UNRWA could continue again, pending the results of a thorough investigation. The new Corruption Perception Index from Transparency International is out, with Iceland showing some room for improvement. The country is down two places from last year, now at 19th place from the top, where the least corrupt country in the world, Denmark, currently sits. This is the lowest ranking Iceland has ever received. Why? The reason for Iceland's position is primarily due to the fishing giant Samheri. In 2019, a bombshell investigation found that the company had been bribing Namibian officials in exchange for lucrative fishing quotas in Namibian waters. As Transparency International themselves commented in their report, quote, In Namibia, several government officials went on trial for allegedly accepting bribes from an Icelandic company, Samheri, in exchange for fishing quotas. Meanwhile, Iceland has not filed any formal charges against the company in the four years since the allegations emerged, end quote. Fandall, the managing director of the Icelandic chapter of Transparency International, added that political instability within Iceland's ruling coalition also played a part in the ranking. The next parliamentary elections are scheduled to be held in 2025, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Iceland is well known for its renewable energy, which comes mostly from hydroelectric power as well as from geothermal vents and even wind turbines have most recently been contributing to our electrical grid. However, electrical power can be a bit shakier in rural Iceland. Take the Westfjords in northwest Iceland, for example. Especially in the winter, blackouts and brownouts are not uncommon, and backup generators fueled by oil and diesel are often employed. The solution? It's a bit more complicated than you might think. On the one hand, Orkubu Vestfjordar, which oversees and maintains power for the Westfjords, believes the solution lies in building a dam at Vazfjordar, a waterway system located south of the greater Westfjords peninsula. Such a dam would generate between 20 to 30 megawatts of power, which Orkubu Vestfjordar believes would satisfy all the power needs for the region. There's just one problem. Vazfjordar is a nature preserve and has been a protected area since 1975. Gislimart Gislason, a professor of aqua biology and a Westfjords resident himself, believes the solution lies rather in replacing the cables that connect the Westfjords to the national power grid with stronger, newer cables. In this way, the nature reserve would be spared, and the region would receive sufficient power without having, quote, to dam up every little river and stream in the area, end quote. The decision ultimately lies with Minister for the Environment Goodlegger Thor Thorason, who says that a work group within the ministry will soon be assembled to examine the pros and cons of both ideas. Will fin whale hunting in Iceland continue, or is the industry finished? That remains to be seen, but Hau F, the only company in Iceland that still hunts fin whales, aims to continue the practice. Last week the company filed for damages against the Icelandic state, seeking compensation for financial losses they incurred during the fin whaling ban, which lasted from June 20th until September 1st. The parliamentary ombudsman recently ruled that the ban, issued by Minister of Fisheries Svandisvavestotir, lacked a legal basis. In addition, Kvaler is also seeking a fin whale hunting license for the period of five years. They argue that they have significantly improved both their equipment and methods for fin whale hunting. This point of emphasis is due to why the ban was put in place to begin with, as a report from the Food and Veterinary Authority brought to the Minister of Fisheries revealed that whales are not always harpooned in the head, that pregnant whales have been hunted, and that in some cases it can take them hours to die. Kraler says they expect an answer from the government quickly on whether or not they are getting the license they want. Lastly on deep north news, Icelandic birds. The country is well known for its bird life, Second, perhaps, only to the sheep, the puffin, for example, is arguably a national symbol for the country. Protecting the sanctity of Iceland's bird population is paramount, and that includes knowing how many birds there are. Part of the work that the NGO BirdLife Iceland does is to track Iceland's bird population, but they don't do it alone. Every year, the annual bird count is held, wherein members of the general public are encouraged to print out special charts identifying Iceland's more common bird species and then go into their own backyards and count them for an hour. Upon conclusion, these results are then sent to BirdLife Iceland. The event lasts for three days and is a crucial part of keeping track of our country's many feathered friends. Next on Deep North news, the weather this weekend. Early Friday morning is going to bring continued showers as temperatures rise. This may create slippery conditions on the road, especially in South Iceland, so drive with a little bit extra caution. This precipitation is expected to turn to snowfall across the western part of the country, with sunny skies in the east. Winds will be fairly strong, though, with temperatures just below freezing. On Saturday, clouds will be moving in, covering most of the country, and there will be intermittent snowfall across northwest Iceland. It will be particularly windy in the south of the country as well. These winds will mercifully die down come Sunday, and most of the country should be mostly sunny again, with the possible exception of the north. At the same time, temperatures are expected to drop into the double digits below zero, so be sure and dress warm if you intend to go out and enjoy the sunshine. As for road conditions, bear in mind that the highlands are closed for the season, so don't try driving up there unless you're in a glacier tour group with the right vehicles for the job. Also, capital area roads are looking good, although much of South Iceland will be slippery with spots of ice on roads in the north of the country. For all your weather and road condition needs, you should visit weather.is and road.is respectively, but also add safetravel.is to that list. Through Safe Travel, you can get up-to-the-minute updates on conditions all over the country, whether we're talking about weather, natural disasters, or other variables. Save yourself time, money, and trouble by checking weather.is, road.is, and safetravel.is before heading out anywhere in Iceland. And that's all for me today here at Deep North News. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And while you're at it, check out IcelandReview.com for more of the latest from Iceland in travel, news, culture, and more. Speak to you again next Friday, folks. Be good to each other.